0: today on our show we will be talking about nes games that we played as kids we will finally get into the mystery of the fall of dunrick and
1: we'll avoid
0: the flying hounds of destruction Welcome to Nintendo Main, episode twenty-six. We are your hosts, Trey Johnson, and
1: hey, how's it going? It's Jeremy Murkowski.
0: What's up, man? Here we are another another week on another the Nintendo week, Cast.
1: Another app we're, we're past that quarter century, so it's just like downhill from here, right?
0: Yeah, right. Totally. How's the new NES working, or the new old, whatever you call it? The the new the new uh, the Retron. Did you get it?
1: I think yeah, it's a Retron. I think uh, I like to call it a fami clone because I saw that on the internet. And I like, but it's a yeah, it's a clone system. It's, so yeah, the best way I can describe it is quite functional. I can play games on it. They're they're very playable. The visual fidelity, I'm not sure I like, but I haven't tested it on a CRT, so I don't know for sure. Maybe that's just, you know, due to it being on an HDTV.
0: Oh, sure. Are you saying, like, the colors look weird, or, the, or, the, there's, or you can tell the delay, or...
1: There's, like, there's kind of, like, weird lines that go through it that I don't think are supposed to be. And it kind of distorts the sprites, oh. but everything's playable. And then, like... Any kind of text looks fine and that's why I'm wondering if maybe it's just a distortion that you notice what's blown.
0: And you don't think you don't think that it's from the uh from the H from going through the VHS? Have, well, you, tried, I tried. have you tried it without?
1: Yeah, I tried going straight into the T V like right away and it was
0: identical. Oh sure. So, or yeah, you know, know the naked eye it was identical. Yeah, I dunno. I mean I I have I have my NES my NES, my NES is just plugged directly into the HDTV, and I think it looks all right. I mean for you know for, for what it is having any most prize. likely
1: yeah most likely it's just not up to snuff to what an actual nes would be so i'm gonna keep looking for one i just don't want to pay a whole bunch of money for it but in the meantime this works fine for you know at least checking out games and playing through them i guess i'm just i know in my heart i'm not getting the the maximum experience oh yeah
0: but it, it but it didn't cost i i'm sure it didn't cost you a whole lot to get it right
1: it was 18 dollars shipped
0: Oh okay, yeah, <laughs> that's a great price. I mean, it obviously so it yeah, wasn't like it wasn't like fifty dollars or seventy dollars or something like that.
1: It's really tiny, and it comes with a, an actual like adapter you could use for an NES. So you look at, look those up. I think they're like six or seven bucks on Amazon. So you know, you get one of those too, and then you get a set of AB cables, which ain't worth shit. But you know, there they are.
0: Oh, you so to. I think this would yeah. be
1: yeah. If this worked okay, and I, I mean, not saying I would do this, but I could see people taking the internals out and doing case mods with it. Because it's oh, a sure. very small system, and I think it's just like one board with an 18 pin connected to it, and it's really small. So.
0: Yeah, and it's not like a, it's not an emulator, it's actually playing the games, right? Yeah, as it's far slow. as you know,
1: there's no way that thing has loaded up with ROMs. It's very, it's very archaic, and it's all in its, in
0: its design. Yeah, I think the other one does that because of the HDMI output or whatever. I also like know because it has... if it was like
1: emulators, it wouldn't have the same sort of distortions when the oh, cartridge. Sure. Needs to be blown in. But you still have to blow. It. <laughs> yeah, but that's not. That's not good.
0: A lot of people talk talk down on the blowing in the cartridges. Supposedly, it works. supposedly worse for it, from what I've heard. That you get, you can get like saliva in there. I don't know. I, I go for the. I go for the Q tip. I go for. I go for the, the yeah. Q tip on the contacts. Like, my theory uh, is that like rubbing uh, rubbing alcohol.
1: Yeah, my theory is that there's moisture in breath, which I may have read somewhere also. But it's what I, you know, the moisture in your breath creates greater conductivity
0: yeah see that, that's what i heard the opposite side of that that the moisture in your breath messes up the pins uh, oh but, well, who knows, but, but who knows
1: it makes it work so something's something's going on,
0: right? well yeah and it well, the, and there's all those like there's all of those old like stuff you know stuff that we did to you know like you heard different ways to get the games to play like like my friend john who was on the zelda cast like he always like put one game one game in and then another game on top of it to get it to work that's one that's one of the uh Oh, I've done that. You know, phobias or whatever, like, you know, superstition type of things, which I've done it before and it works. What I do on mine is I, like, pull the game out so far that it just, like, barely makes it in, you know, when you push it down. Yep, that's what I do too. That works works too sometimes.
1: Yeah. Kind of clicks on the edge so
0: you know it's snug. Yeah, I I do that. And that's another, like, sort of thing that maybe works sometimes.
1: You kind of wiggle it a little bit and you hit reset kind of wiggle it until it doesn't skip anymore
0: i mean that's what i was doing today when i was playing we're gonna we're gonna get into our late later in the show we're we're gonna get into our nes games that we play as kids but i I was trying to play play through some of them today and i was doing the same thing where i was like pulling it back and pushing it down and, and all that all that fun stuff
1: you still have to do this with this emulator it's not an emulator sorry with this clone yeah but uh I will say, like one thing I did notice, and I thought I should mention, in spite of like whatever the visual artifacting is that's happening, possibly because of the system, I have a game I bought at a thrift store. It still has a tag on it. I bought it for like a dollar twenty nine. It's called Kung Fu. It's a really common.
0: I played but, Kung uh, Fu.
1: I, I've never been able to get it to work, and I've tried it on a bunch of different Nintendos. So I just assumed it was broken, but I haven't had the heart to get rid of it. But I have. A... It, it works on this thing, and it doesn't work very well. Like it's still like really kind of fucked up. But you can play it like it's playable, but it's definitely like a damaged game,
0: oh yeah, but
1: for whatever reason, this one's able to at least run it in semi playable way sure so so uh one point four Famiclone.
0: clone oh yeah, <laughs> Because since to play kung fu, I have a funny story involving kung fu, sort of i mean it's not really a story, it's just oh when a, the first time I went to like a school dance like a homecoming, we had uh in in the like cafeteria they had a, a t v set up with kung fu that you could play. <laughs> so that was my first kung fu experience was that was wow, that they, like, was that the first like junior high dance thing or whatever it wasn't even like homecoming it was like one that you go to that you don't need a date for you know where they like where the girls and the guys stand on different sides of the room like uh, that type of thing like when i was in junior high and the first one i went to the head kung fu and i spent most of the time in the in the uh, cafeteria playing kung fu instead of trying to dance with anybody so that was that was that were you take turns with other people or were you just by yourself there were other people there. I mean, it was mostly just guys. We were just sitting there. We were just standing there playing kung fu. So I guess they thought that'd be a good thing to put there for everyone who's bored at the dance I don't know I just thought it was funny well that's a good and game
1: I, it just like it, it's it moves really fast and you can just take turns and see you can get the higher score pretty good
0: kung fu is kind of a isn't a isn't the uh, one game I thought about doing but it was just like too ridiculous and bad to do it was uh, the karate kid one and two which is like one of the first games I ever played on NES and ended up buying it as a kid did you ever play that game I think it's a clone of kung fu isn't it it sort of you I'm not mean? sure
1: I've never played the karate
0: games. oh Well, there's, it starts off with like, it starts off kind of like a fighting type game, like street fighter ish, you know, where you just, it starts off with the, with the end of the first movie with him, like fighting the guys in the competition. And there's like a few rounds like that. And once you get through that, it's like a side scroller where you go through Japan and kick people and punch and kick people. I don't know. I remember it being similar to Kung Fu.
1: So you just travel to Japan and kick some ass. (laughs)
0: <laughs> pretty much that's the second part of it it goes well it's, it's one and two so you know you beat all the guys in the first movie and then you go to japan and you gotta you gotta save that dude from the from the from the house there's like this power oh, up the there's there's this power up that you get that is like that guy that he saves it's like count ca- that's caught under the house you know when there's a storm in japan it's like it's like stuff like that that's kind of stuck in there and there's like bonus levels where you catch flies and and break ice and other stuff like that but it's yeah uh, it
1: sounds like it's a little bit more Complex
0: the Kung Fu. than Kung Fu, <laughs> because Kung Fu's in,
1: I, pretty much you just run across and punch, and kick.
0: That's what you do, and that's what you do in, that's what you do in uh, Karate Kid too, though. There's just and
1: you get to the edge of the screen, and sometimes you just go back to the other side. Oh yeah,
0: it doesn't actually have like full side-scrolling levels. Kung Fu doesn't. I don't know. It's been a long time since I played. No, it. I think it, the last it, time I played there, it was at that really dance. There's a limited
1: space for the for the scrolling, and then sometimes you kind of like go back underneath you know in a little so it's kind of like a like a shoots and ladders sort of scenario where you're like spiraling back and forth
0: oh crazy from what i
1: remember i haven't played that far in this severely messed up version that i have
0: yeah well obviously because it doesn't work very well it gets really glitchy
1: but it's it's also legitimately hard. I could see it being a tough game if it was working right. Sure.
0: Speaking of tough games, did you uh, did you try uh, Dragon Warrior on your uh, Retron?
1: I did. I loaded it up and I named my character and talked to the king and got out of the castle. Went to that first town and the the, the name of it just like blew my brain. I didn't know what the heck was that name what was. Up with that name? What's his name in this town? I've never seen this because I thought I'd played the game.
0: Before. Wasn't it like Weddingale or something like that? I don't remember. I don't remember the name of it.
1: So yeah, that's as far as I got. I was just like, "Whoa, that's a weird name." So I played it on Game Boy because uh, I actually bought the same one you were talking about buying for yourself. I bought that. Yeah. I found that wanted to play it on the Virtual Boy or not the Virtual Boy, the <laughs> Super
0: Game, Super Game Boy. It wouldn't fit in the Virtual. I wish you could play it on the Virtual Boy. <laughs> 3D Dragon Warrior in in, uh, in all colors of red. Yeah, why didn't they have you know dual compatibility
1: games? But uh, the names of the town, well, the, f- the name of the town is completely different. I-, I wish I had researched it. The names are all different, and like the way the layout is is different.
0: Yeah, that's because this is the um, this one comes from the remake, the Super Nintendo remake, which I think I oh I okay, but the you the, the game. The, yeah, the Game Boy, the Game Boy version of it is a port of the of the Super Famicom remake of one and two. So that's like okay. the actual that's like the actual Japanese towns, I guess, is what they're called. Because the one that we got, like the original NES ones, were like altered a little bit, like with the uh, sort of Elizabethan speak and all that. Like that was that wasn't in like the Japanese version. And and actually, actually, Dragon Warrior One was upgraded for the for the American release. It was actually worse. The original Japanese one was worse than this one. Like the character, like always. Face the same way, like he didn't turn and like the animation was worse and, and all that. But, oh, I yeah, see but, yeah, but yeah, there's difference. Like, if you're, like, cause I was playing through, uh, well, I played through the first one, but I was playing through Dragon Warrior 2. And if you look for Dragon Warrior 2 stuff online, some of them have different names for the towns as well. Because, you know, cause the original version on NES had different names on that one also compared to the uh, Game Boy one. Yeah, I don't know why I blew my mind so much. You know. Town names can change. It's not the end of the world. But uh,
1: yeah, so I've played both versions to the exact same point, which is where I just walk into the town, see the name is different. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's like, that's like, that's like not even like 10 minutes of the game (laughs) because the town is right there. You can you can get there in like, know, 10, in like ten seconds. You haven't even leveled just, up yet. You haven't even fought a slime. Kind of, you got to fight a slime. Actually, I
1: did fight a couple slime. I fought a red one. Actually, I actually bought a
0: actually a I actually bought a t shirt. I bought a Dragon Quest t shirt that's just a picture of that slime. It's just a picture of the battle of, of the battle screen from Dragon Warrior One, and it just has a slime on it. I thought it looked I thought it looked really awesome. I it's do like it that fun. it
1: said in the uh, NES version, like. You've done well to defeat this. Like it gives you some positive reinforcement, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in the Game Boy version. It's just
0: like, you beat slime. Oh yeah. And I, I don't I don't think they do the Thou Art Dead thing in the Game Boy one either. I remember I thought that was really funny when I was a kid when I played the first one. Thou art dead. Thou art dead. But uh yeah, I mean stick stick with it in the Game Boy, it's pretty good. I think the I you mean think, the second I think that's the
1: better version
0: to play. Well you could put it this way, like in the original in the original <laughs> version, you probably gotta kill like five hundred slimes to make it through the game and in the game boy version you probably only got to kill like 300 slimes so it's a little bit easier (laughs) you know it's the grind is not as as bad
1: but you don't feel like anything about the story or whatever is lost that up up conversion
0: no i mean you would consider i mean the the definitive version is the super nintendo is the super famicom version but that version is not, not available here so the closest that you would get to that would be the game boy one for sure i would right, say well,
1: i like that because I, I can take it with me yeah
0: i would say that would be the one to play if you can't i mean i kind of i kind of enjoyed the hardness of the first one on the nes just because it kept me on my toes and it and it felt kind of more exciting yeah but, and you were you were doing a bucket list sort of sort of i just well, i just wanted to play some dragon quest games and that was like the only one i had at the time but yeah it's it's cool i mean it definitely oh. give us more time on the uh, on on the um, on the game boy and hopefully we'll get to a Dragon Quest episode at some point, aren't they? I, I feel like uh, I know they didn't give a. I don't think they ever give a date for Dragon Quest Seven on 3DS, but I feel like it's gonna that it might get like a June or July thing. I thought I had heard that somewhere that it was supposed to be announced to be like a next month or the month after. So, so they, even uh,
1: though they're not going to have any other games at E3, are they still going to make announcements?
0: I think they could. I mean, they could throw it in. They could even Do just you, have a
1: like a card that's just like, "We're not going to discuss these games," but here they are in their release dates.
0: Speaking of E3, do you want to do want to go into our into the news segment of our show? I, I don't know if you've looked at any of the stuff from this week involving uh, involving E3. There there was like a couple stuff that they said involving e, involving E3. There was that MH thing or whatever, which I guess is not really a news story. Did you see that? I saw like, that that the handheld might be called MH or whatever. I don't know. It didn't look like it was really worth anything. So I guess like IGN reported on it and then said that they shouldn't have reported on it, whatever it is. I don't know. All that, that
1: I, w- all that I got from it was that maybe possibly they were just letting their investors,
0: there will still be a separate handheld, the same thing. Yeah. That would basically mean that that whole like, you know, one system thing, is just not, it's not going to happen.
1: No, Watch. I don't think that. I think, I still think it's like gonna be an ecosystem where you take you have the handheld, but the handheld can play that still like it doesn't have to be tethered like the Wii U gamepad. It actually can run the software by itself.
0: Yeah. I mean that was that seems to be what people think and that would be a cool thing, but I don't know. And it's
1: still, it's still it still it still like satisfies the requirements of being a separate handheld.
0: I mean, it's it's still just more just more shit to be like what does this mean or what is it you know right. more to speculate pure about.
1: speculation exactly
0: but there's some actual news <laughs> involving uh, Nintendo stuff I, I I saw well for one thing did you see that there like 500 fans are going to get to play uh, the Zelda Wii U demo
1: yeah just another reason for me to be like upset I can't be there but yeah you have to be the one of the first 500 people there you have to
0: yeah the Nintendo it's yeah it's not called the Nintendo World Store anymore it's called like Nintendo New York or something like that now they just redid it but. But, but yeah, the first five hundred in line, like how how long do you think people are going to camp out for that? Because it's like uh, it's the eleventh when they get the first five hundred in line. Do you think people are going to start on the tenth? Well, people start on the tenth for sure, but the ninth even? Who knows? I mean, that could be that could be crazy. I mean, are we like just are we
1: talking Eastern time or Central time?
0: Oh, I'm just talking like how long they're going to camp out for. Like people camp out for like a whole day, you know, for to be to be first or the first five hundred in line. I mean, yeah, I had but- I had friends that camped out for like three days for the Wii when that came out. Well, John, our guest from Zelda being one of those, he camped out for like three days for the to be first in line for the Nintendo Wii. Wow.
1: Yeah, and to get to play the game close to a year before it's released. Actually
0: yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean it'd be interesting. And they're giving you wristbands, so you know you're going to see those wristbands show up on like eBay or something selling for like $500 if even that, you know, cuz it's basically standing in line to get a wristband that'll get you in to play it later. And I and I guess it's actually you'll actually play it at the Nintendo World Store, not actually at E3. So it doesn't actually get you into E3. You just get to play it like during E3 while E3's on. So it's in New York on a 15-foot TV, which they have there, by the way. Which is pretty awesome! Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They have a foot, fifteen foot TV in in the in the Nintendo New York store that's gonna that's gonna stream all of the stuff from E three, and they're gonna play stuff on it, I believe, as well. The five hundred people. So, well, I guess I, the
1: good news is that we're gonna see plenty of gameplay footage of uh, the new Zelda game next
0: month. Yeah. I read, on, I read that it was going to be like an hour and a half uh, worth of demo. Did you see that? I did not they, see. They're saying it could be completed at up to 90 minutes. That's a long fucking demo.
1: It could also be a pretty short demo that people bumble.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, what if it's like a whole dungeon? That'd be really cool.
1: I think that'd be cool. I do remember, like, not to go on too much of a tangent. I remember playing through a level on Shadows of the Empire in uh, 64. It was a level... I can't remember what level it was, but... Uh, it's so the first level you get the jetpack, I think, and like it times your level. And it, like it took me, I, I played through that same level over and over again. It took me like forty-five minutes to beat. It. I was just yes. really stunned that that level took so long to beat. That was
0: one level. Oh, it's the one. Yeah, I think it's the one with like all the chasms, right? Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, I was really used... just doing terribly. But yeah, I remember that taking a while to beat. The um what was it? Uh, I know uh, uh Darksiders One. Like that, that had a demo. Like that had a free demo that was a whole dungeon. I remember playing that on PS3, which I thought was really cool. And it took me, and it took me a few hours to beat it, to beat the dungeon. But it gave me a really good feel for the game, like that it gave you a whole dungeon as a de- as a demo for free you could download. I really liked that, so I could see that as being a thing. You know, where they give you like a dungeon, like maybe like midway into the game, so you can see some of the some of the tools that you'll get. That's like kind of how that one worked.
1: Did they do an actual playable demo on uh, uh. Wind Waker? I can't
0: remember. What do you mean? Did they, like, release one? Yeah, was there ever a playable demo
1: for that game? Like, that you could. was that on a demo disc?
0: I don't know. No, I mean, if there was, I didn't get it, and I didn't play it. Because I never played it until I got the game, until the game came out. But there might have been one that they had after that, you know, like, after it was released, that you could play at GameStop. Oh, okay. There might have been, but I don't know. Because I just, I, 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 well, we bought the game on the day it came yeah, out. So that was, the first, that was the first time I played it. So yeah, that wasn't the day any... it came
1: out, I think I beat it the second day. <laughs>
0: Really? I mean, I know it's pretty short, but you beat it in like two days.
1: It was two or three days. It was it was over a weekend. I know that. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I Dude, uh, I was skipping class, so I was just playing it. Yeah,
0: I didn't. I had, I had a little bit more better resistance to it than, than you did, because even though it was short, I wanted to still like kind of wait a little bit, because I don't want to beat it in like a week, you know. So I so I waited on it and kind of like took my time. Took. But you were right.
1: <laughs> you were right to know that it would be a long time before you got more Zelda. Twilight why that princess came. Princess came out five years later.
0: I don't think it was that long, was it? I don't know. No, it was four years. It was two thousand six. So yeah, four years. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't take a. Uh, I didn't take notes on that. But E three is gonna. It's it's happening in a couple weeks. About you know we're about to the end of May, so we're we're getting pretty close, right? They're because uh, they 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 line up it on the on the eleventh, and then they're actually their actual event starts on the fourteenth. They and it said they have a six day they have a six day event. So after that, so. It'll go through like the twentieth, I guess.
1: About Two and a half weeks away.
0: Yeah, we're almost there. Two, two and a half, half
1: more episodes of Nintendo Main.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll have a half one. Also, uh, Kirby Robobots, like right around the corner. That's coming out like right before E three as well on the tenth. I've heard it's. I've heard it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I've seen reviews online. I've not really read too many of them, but they exist.
0: I mean, we're probably not. Probably not doing. Are we doing? Are we? Are we doing a Kirby episode to? For for Kirby RoboBot, it'd be so hard to do. There's like so many Kirby games. I mean, even like a retrospective of Kirby would just be would take forever. Because so I don't think I've, I haven't played all of those games. Yeah, I'd say Kirby Superstar would be the game to play. Yeah, we could just do Kirby. We could just do Kirby Superstar or like the golf game, <laughs> that, that weird Kirby golf game that was on Super Nintendo. I have that game. Yeah, I have it too on uh, Virtual Console. And I had the I had the cartridge of uh, Superstar, but I think I ended up selling it.
1: Let's just do it all about Tilt and Tumble. Yeah,
0: that's one I don't have. But I wish I did. The Star Tropics one and two came out yesterday on Virtual Console, which is pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, was we...
1: surprised. You told me that the uh, you know you'd seen some news that Star Tropics was coming out, and I didn't actually research it myself, so I was surprised when I saw both of
0: them. Well, well we had been, we had been talking about doing a retrospective anyway because I wanted to do some more NES stuff, and then and now it's out. So so next week we'll do a we'll do a rest retrospective slash. You know our thoughts on a playthrough. I'm already on like the fourth level of, of Star Tropics one and two, which we're gonna do. We're gonna do a show about next week. Have you played? Oh, have you have it you played the first one at all yet?
1: Yeah, I played through the first dungeon. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I played I've through played um, to the game in the past, but that's as far as I've got this
0: playthrough. Yeah, I played. I played up till the. I think I'm on like the fourth part now. So I so I beat the first two or three bosses. Yeah, I'm I'm,
1: uh, I'm working on rescuing the dolphin.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that level is what was always fun. Spoilers, but you you know where to find the uh, the item, right? The snowman item in that in that level in that in that uh, dungeon. Or have you found it? Yeah,
1: I found it and then I lost it.
0: Oh, okay. The save state works works really well for that too, because you could do it I, through the. I know that
1: now. I think I'm gonna to start the level over
0: because on the third level that I was playing there's a there's a magma boss that like you know and you and, and it's possible for you to get like a for you to get like a magic a magic file or whatever but if you you know if you lose your lose a life you lose the magic file so you just I would just save state with the magic file until I got to the boss and then I beat it with the with the magic file makes it a lot easier save states it's, yeah save states make that game a lot easier i think that's why i finally beat it later on the on the on the um On the Wii, actually, no, you can't even really do save states on the Wii, though, right? Because I beat it on Virtual Console on the Wii, but you can't actually like record a certain part and then go back to it like you could on uh, 3DS or Wii U. I think
1: you might be able to for NES games. I don't know. I'd have to go back and check. I don't think. I thought that I had downloaded it. Just uh, it just saves drops on the Wii, but I hadn't. I actually had only downloaded the second one because that's the one I got the dollar. That was the other good news. I got dollar discount, or it was just a dollar.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. I had downloaded both of them, so I so they were both dollar. Yeah, that other one, I that other one, I just really couldn't get into, but I never really played it at all. Like, I skipped it when I was a kid because by the time it came out, the Super Nintendo was already out, so it was just kind of like, you know, I didn't really... I remember seeing it on sale in, like, the Toys R Us, Toys R Us bins, but never actually got it.
1: Yeah, these games are... Well, I don't know if 2 easy to get a hold of. The first one is pretty easy to, i have two copies oh okay yeah
0: i think Zod. i think Zodas revenge probably is pretty easy to get a hold of too because i know i don't know I, I remember there were a lot of, i mean well i remember them being them being around when they came out like nobody really bought them but then again that might have been a re- limited release i don't know the second one didn't have the same feeling as the first one i don't think did you like travel through time it's like it you know the whole like tropical settings kind of taken away and and you don't have the It's not like the the, the, the weapons don't work the same. Like, I kind of like the way the yo-yo worked. Like, this one, you, like, throw axes or whatever. It's weird. So it doesn't explain, like, how, why they can only go so far. I don't know. But that's the topic for our next week's, (laughs) that's our next week topic. I don't want to get into it too much this time.
1: Yeah, and I, hopefully I'll know a little more when we talk about it.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll definitely, hopefully we, we can both make it through so we can talk about all the fun stuff in there.
1: I can at least make it through the first one. I don't know about both.
0: Yeah, don't worry about the second one because I don't think I can get through the second one. But we'll at least try to get through the first one and then talk to them about the second one. Challenge accepted. So uh, there's a. Have you heard about the eight-player Minecraft battle mode that's coming out?
1: I have. I, I'm actually kind of intrigued by it. I don't think that came out for. Is that coming out for all systems or? Yeah, it's
0: coming out for everything.
1: But it ha- it's not a thing that's been out. No,
0: it's not. It's, it's not a thing that's out yet. But yeah, it'll be it'll be on the Wii U version and all the other versions. But it sounds kind of interesting. I guess it's like sort of like a Hunger Games type thing or whatever. Yeah, they had a... where they like drop a, a treasure uh, and you got to fight over it, right?
1: Yeah, they did. There is a Hunger Games on the server. I, you know, I I didn't ever really mess with it too much. Yeah, it was just like people PVP, I guess. People just trying to kill each other.
0: Yeah, but it's like an eight player thing. It, look, it sounded kind of cool. I don't know. It, I mean, I, I don't. I don't play Minecraft, but but you I do. Really you you, to play you did
1: skyblock skyblock's my favorite skyblock survived it's like
0: what skyblock
1: so what it does is it gives you like every player has like a certain space within the server so that's your space and then you start with a little tiny island and you have to you have to like complete objectives build a cobblestone generator so what you do is you you basically like you use the lava with the water block that they give you and when when they meet they form a cobblestone and then when you hit that a new one forms. So like you get infinite cobblestone. So it's kind of like a little trick within the game, but it's necessary to play it. And then you like build all these other things. You keep building your Island out bigger and bigger. Then eventually you've got this huge Island with all these cool machines and stuff on it. In the meantime, you can, like, grow crops and stuff. And there's a store you can go to, which is a common area for everybody. You can sell your stuff to the store and make a bunch of money. So, like, there's also, like, the challenge of trying to have the most money out of everybody. And this is hey. a,
0: and it's a multiplayer thing? And you guys are yeah, just racing it was like, for it, how long you build the island? or how It wasn't
1: even really a race because, like, by the time I started playing, you know, some people were multi-millionaires oh wow but uh what was cool about that is there was also like a sort of like there's a chat window that runs the whole time and within that chat window you know anyone can talk to anybody and then uh it'll also have like uh like an ongoing auction that's a lot like ebay where like you bid on things that people are selling of their own so you can get certain like key items for cheaper if you like bid for them through the
0: auction oh that's
1: cool so there's just like a whole economy like based on like what can you grow to get the most money to like buy the coolest things i don't know it's really complex once you get into it i would love that to be on consoles
0: oh yeah i don't i don't know about that i just heard about the eight player battle mode
1: well it's a step in the right direction it's a multiplayer game that's built into the actual thing you don't have to have a mod or something
0: oh okay because they're going to use i guess they're going to use some of the modded levels for the eight player that's what i heard like some of some of the ones that people make that will wind up in there i don't know i don't know how it works
1: yeah, to make an actual level, you have to be pretty good. I, I can't
0: uh, on the on the subject of Minecraft. Well, it's not actually Minecraft, but um, did you hear that this is it's not announced for Nintendo yet? But did you hear that Dragon Quest Builders is coming to to America? It's basically like Dragon Quest version of Minecraft. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. It's uh, yeah, it's called Dragon Quest Builders. It's basically uh, in the end of in the end of Dragon Quest One when you meet the dragon lord he like he basically asks you to join him and if you join him you die and there's a game over and you have to start you have to start back wherever you saved last and anyway this this one takes place in in the in that reality like if you had chosen to like to to join with the dragon lord and the whole world had become become a shadow world so this guy basically goes through and tries to rebuild the world because everything is is destroyed in that in that area and it's yeah you build basically kind of like minecraft it's basically dragon quest minecraft you like build you build areas and you go fight monsters And, you know, knock things down and build shit up or whatever. I don't know. I think it looks cool. It was only announced for like PS4, but it's supposed to come be like part of the Dragon Quest 30th anniversary come out this year. So hopefully we'll get that for NX or something, or I'll probably just play it on PS4. But I think it looks pretty rad.
1: What you're describing to me sounds a little bit like, did you ever play Dark Cloud on PS2?
0: I haven't, but I've heard of it.
1: You basically, it's kind of like that. You, like, do dungeon crawling to get back pieces of towns and then rebuild the towns. But you also have to, like, when you lay them out on a grid, you know, you get certain perks there's near other things. So there's, like, a strategy of how you lay the town.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, this one's supposed to be, like, pretty much like Minecraft with, like, a... Dragon Quest, you know, with with Dragon Quest looking characters in it. But you can still like fight like slimes and stuff like that. There's they're still in there. And it looks a lot better than than Minecraft does. <laughs> You know, like, visually. The, the graphics do, yeah. I just thought it was cool. I mean, it's, it's since we talk about, talked about Dragon Quest for the past, like, however many many episodes, I thought I'd make note of it. Also, uh, it's not really not really Nintendo news, but apparently Capcom named those two guys that were fighting in the beginning of Street Fighter 2. Did you hear about that? I mean, no. I guess it's Nintendo news because it was on Super Nintendo. But you know, like, those two guys that, like, take a swing at each other at, like, the very beginning of Street Fighter and the arcade, Street Fighter 2?
1: Oh, yeah, before, like, shows the title.
0: Yeah, apparently the, their uh, their names are Max and Scott, and uh, they're going to be playable characters in Street Fighter V now. <laughs> they're really, they're really they're really reaching. I guess I just I just I just happened to to read over it before we started recording, and I was like, what? I just thought that was funny because you know. maybe
1: maybe that's a contract that Max and Scott signed back in like <laughs> 1991. That was like in 28 years. I'm not even doing the math. Sure, 30, close to 30 years. We will make you playable characters.
0: We will finally settle who won that match. Yeah. Even though, like I thought, one guy got decked and the other one fell down. I just think it's it's like a mystery that I've really never wondered about ever. But now I know. Now I know who they are. Who are those guys who who fought each other. And, I, and I, we never we haven't mentioned it in any of the other episodes. But I read that Pocket Tournament actually outsold Street Fighter Five on PS4, which is pretty cool. Like they actually sold more copies than they've wow. than they sold the Street Fighter Five the Pokémon tournament did perform better so that's pretty cool i can relate it to a nintendo news
1: yeah that is and i mean it makes sense because it's uh different you know it's a tekken franchise sort of well,
0: yeah and it's and it's pokemon pokemon moves a lot of units and it's a good game it was reviewed well you know pretty easy well it's uh it. you don't understand Poking tournament i do not it's uh I, th- I don't know when we played it we were kind of inebriated so it was a little more confusing than it should be but it's pretty it it doesn't take very long to get used to. You just you just play a few. You just got to kind of give it some time, but it's fun. Anyway, do you want to make want to take a take take a quick break here before we get into the topic of the week? Sounds good. All right.
1: We'll just, yeah, uh, do you we'll want to alternate? Yeah, I'll start with Dino Wars cuz so I was about say I was 10 and uh we used to go to the pawn shop in town and buy NES games um a lot cheaper than trying to buy new games. I found this game for like 5 bucks. It's called Dino Wars. It's a game I played a lot as a kid because quite frankly it's really easy. Was
0: the um was was the Super Nintendo out at this time? When you when you got Dinosaurs?
1: Yeah, it was. I uh, we didn't have the Super Nintendo yet.
0: Okay. We well, we said that when you were ten, they were cheaper, and I was trying to put together what time what time period it was. If the this NES was been still like, around,
1: probably around ninety two that I bought this. Oh, okay. Not eighteen ninety two. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I think I bought it for like five dollars. Seriously, it was cheap. But to me, that was a lot of money because I didn't have a job.
0: Sure. But,
1: but this was a game that, you know, because a lot of NES releases, you'd buy, you'd like we'd buy them on Faith and play them. They'd be really hard. They're usually hard games. But this one was really forgiving. And It was kind of fun. I mean, it's a fun game. And uh, I think most people could probably beat this game in one sitting if they put their mind to it. There's a few little frustrating parts, but it's not a very hard game and it's pretty short
0: yeah i played it i played it a little bit last week i mean it's basically there's basically like two parts and it's a side scroller right there's basically the parts of you when you're not in the dino when you're not in the dinosaur body and then there's the parts when you're in the dinosaur body yeah right <laughs> it kind of reminded me of blaster master a little bit i
1: think that that's kind of what i remember i did read something that kind of compared it to that i kind of just got down to the nitty-gritty and i'm like all right you know i'm i still own this game i i don't think it's the same copy in fact i know it's not the same, because it has a sticker for Goodwill for a dollar twenty nine, so I paid a dollar twenty nine for this the second time I bought it. Nice, and uh, I still have that copy. And it booted right up on my Famiclone, and I'm like, well, let's actually research this. So uh, this game came out in 1989 in Japan. It was made by Bandai. You probably know
0: Bandai. I've, I've heard of them. Nam- Namco Bandai. Well, this was before it was Namco Bandai, right? When it was just when it was just Bandai. Like before well, they, were still they, before they merged. Because uh, yeah, Namco Bandai did a Pokemon tournament, like we were just talking about. So they they're, they're yeah. still around. I mean, Whether well, they're with, Na- with Namco now, but yeah, they're still around. please believe they uh, worked on Smash Brothers as well with Nintendo.
1: There's a segue I didn't even consider. But yeah, Bandai. We're, we're staying on Bandai here. Um, I looked up for, for artist credits. There weren't very many people listed. So, I mean, that doesn't mean a lot of people didn't work on this game, but what I found compelling is that... Uh, oh, so this was released in... Sorry. This was released in April of 1990 in North America. So it was probably about a two-year-old game when I bought it. There's two artists listed. Uh, Kasai, Ryuki... And Haketa Reiko. That's the artists. So I guess that's the people who did the uh, the models. And then I thought it was kind of funny because there's not a lot in this game, but there are four composers for the music. And I can list them, I guess.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah. was, were there anybody familiar that you noticed? No one. No one familiar. But I just thought it was kind
1: of interesting that there were four different people doing sound for this very short how many whatever
0: i mean how many levels about are in dino wars i haven't played it i played it all the way through i haven't played it all the way through but i know you have and it's obviously wasn't didn't didn't take too long right
1: i believe there's six maybe seven but so a total of uh 12 it's either 12 or 14 and you know you like you were saying you alternate
0: oh you mean yeah you mean like total for both sides, right? For like in the dinosaur and out of the dinosaur.
1: Right. So let's talk a little bit about this because I never knew the names of the characters or what was actually happening or what the story of this game was.
0: Yeah, so and... what, what is the story? I mean I, whatever you can find, it's kind of hard to find interviews with developers for NES games, especially for something like Dino Wars which, you know, I don't know if there's a whole lot of, a whole lot of interviews out there for those. Unless you can find stuff for them doing stuff later or whatever from, from the developers.
1: I didn't find anything that linked any of the developers to anything else all i know is that uh there's names for these characters i've been playing so uh, the name of the dinosaur is Cyberosaurus, and Cyberosaurus was created by professor proteus oh of course <laughs> and he basically it's kind of some it's actually kind of similar to the story of star fox in a sense because what happened is like professor proteus had a uh, someone working under him i don't know if they even actually give a name to the guy but uh this guy was working underneath him, and uh, he learned his techniques for creating these cyborg dinosaurs. By the way, we're in the uh, man-made solar system called Spondylus, so it's the distant future. Oh. It's a man-made solar system, all planets that we made ourselves. Uh, so this guy basically like, started creating weapons with the technology that he learned from the professor, and so he got exiled way it's like to deal with him they exiled him and when he went he like created a bunch of robotic dinosaurs called robosaurs and they came and they started to try to take over the whole solar system spondylus so in this game you're professor proteus fighting all these robosaurs and uh you have to get to the uh the artificial intelligence compound that's within each planet and you go in there and then you get that's when you leave the dinosaur mech it's pretty much a mech yeah and uh You run as a human through, and you find the mainframe, and you destroy the virus that's in it that uh, this guy implanted when he sent all the robosaurs. And then you have to run back through the level backwards. Uh, Luckily, they get rid of all the enemies, but you still have to do all the platforming again. So some of the platforming is a little tricky. The jumping is, like, a little delayed. You played it, right?
0: Yeah, I played. I I felt like the controls were a little weird and the jumping I had a hard time landing on stuff, but thankfully whenever you whenever I hit the spikes it didn't really take a whole lot of energy away, so I was able to get to the next part of the of the of the level like without hitting any of the platforms, you know.
1: Right. So that's one thing about this game. You could essentially, I mean, I'm not even really talking about it. So like when when you're the professor, you're always you always have a gun that you shoot. So really kind of the strategy becomes to just kill all the enemies in the room and then run across the room, so that they're not knocking you back and giving you knockback damage that'll yeah. make you fall on a pit. Sure. So you just kill all them off, and uh, you can pick up power ups that increase uh, your spray of your bullets, kind of like Contra a little bit. Yeah,
0: I remember. Uh, in the dinosaur mode, you could get you could get power ups that do different things or get like different weapons. Yeah, kind of kind of Contra ish.
1: Right, and that's the power ups within the uh, when you're the human. It's just that you're you get more of a spray bullet going on but yeah with the dinosaur you get uh there's several different power-ups and then they they level up if you pick up successive versions of them unfortunately they all kind of look the same and i have i still have a really hard time telling what's what because they're all in like a gray color you know they're not different colored items that are dropped and they're just shaped differently but they all have kind of similar shapes but there is the uh there's fireball which is just like a standard projectile you can up to upgrade that up to three And then you shoot like a spray of fireballs. There is a, I don't think it's called rocket fist. It's called launch fist. It's called launch fist. So you like shoot your, you shoot your fist off and then it comes back to you boomerang style. The more you level that up, the further you can shoot it. And there's a laser. That's kind of like everything else, all the other projectiles, except it doesn't, terminate when it hits something it keeps going then there's bomb and bomb's the worst one bomb's good for like when the pterodactyls try to attack you because they dive bomb you yeah but you shoot you shoot a bomb out of the your back and it kind of goes in an arc and then Uh, lands and it's really hard to aim
0: yeah i think i had that one or try or had that one at one point
1: yeah that's pretty much all the power-ups really i gotta be honest you can just run through this game and just like let the enemies hit you, and just keep running. There's enough power-ups where not only do you get a full health bar, but you get a shield bar if you pick up a shield icon, and that just doubles your health. If Even if you're low on health and you pick up a shield bar, that gives you an extra bar of health, and then that has to run all the way out before you continue losing the health you already had. So when uh, you get out of your dinosaur and you're in the... Pr- the Professor Proteus levels, you'll run into a couple of enemies. I, I was able to find their names here. One of them is well, I guess it's not technically an enemy; it's an ob- These are the these are the things that gave me the most grief in the game. They're called the platforms of deception. Oh, so sounds dangerous! You think they're going to platform a certain way, and then they don't because they're decept-
0: I figured you would just fall through them.
1: No, they just move around. Oh. They don't stay in place. I guess that's this the deceptive part and no. then the other the, the enemy you run into is uh the flying hound of destruction and he sounds really intimidating but mostly it just kind of looks like a some kind of lumpy thing on a flying carpet and <laughs> on certain parts like if you just stand at the edge of the, the level as you, you know the edge of the screen as you walk in and you try to pick off everyone in that screen so you can do the platforming part without getting knockback damage those guys will just fly down pits and kill themselves
0: the they're do- just gone. the dogs of destruction will
1: yeah, the flying hounds of destruction are not the most of intelligent of the hounds, but they do try to destruct you. They shoot bullets.
0: I was going to say, they don't sound very prehistoric either, unless they're like some sort of dinosaur dog or dinosaur hound. You know, I don't think he
1: was limited when he made his uh, piece of destruction. He was like, you know, the flying pterodactyl of destruction. I think I already used that one, so let's make this one a hound.
0: I think it'd be like a raptor or something. Well, I guess they didn't exist then, right? Supposedly. Well, supposedly they existed, you know, way back when, but they weren't talked about in Dino Wars time
1: oh i guess not raptors is in, in the sense of like a bird of prey that's been a raptor for a long time
0: yeah but uh, like jurassic but park
1: raptors velociraptors no they were just the hounds of destruction i think i think they were trying to imply that they would seek you out like they picked up on your smell seek you out but they don't they just die by themselves if you don't kill them
0: oh <laughs> sounds sounds very threatening not
1: Threatening at all, but just another obstacle you got to blast away. Sure. So it's really easy. And really, uh, the only challenge to this game is the platforming sections within the uh, human levels. Because if you defeat the, the computer and then on your way back you die, you have to start the level over. Not at the dinosaur, but as the human. And so, like, you can get all the way to where you're almost done, and then you fall in a pit, and you start over. Again. That's the frustration in this game. I think that's the only real challenge. Yeah,
0: that's that sounds pretty awful. Did you, did you, uh, I'm, did that happen to you at all, this, this playthrough?
1: Yeah, I said fuck a lot when I was playing it. I mean, it's <laughs> frustrating in a very old school, punishing way. Like, why do I have to start over again? Because of your terrible design, but you have to.
0: Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's, that's the old school games. But, uh, what, I mean, what what made you like it so much as a kid? Like, what, what was the most memorable part about it?
1: I just felt like it was a game I could, like, pop into the NES. Well, I was playing other games that were pissing me off, like the Mario games, trying to play through, like, Solstice and Final Fantasy and all those I was playing at that time. Like, this game was great because I could pop it in and I could beat it every time. And it was one of those games that had that, like, sort of therapeutic. I could just sit down and play through this and I, and I beat the game and I feel good about it because I beat the game it's not it's not hard um you're essentially a bullet shield like <laughs> your guy is like oh sure he can take a lot of damage so as long as you don't jump down pits indiscriminately you can beat this game and Every time you beat a set of two levels, you get a pass, so you can always come back and play where you left off. Oh,
0: cool! Yeah, when I when I had the like when I was a kid and played the NES, there was probably may, there was maybe like maybe two games that I could actually beat. So uh, it would it would have been a welcome addition to my to my library because I couldn't I couldn't really beat anything when I was younger. There was this old uh, Pictionary type game that I would play called Anticipation that I was just I would just play through it and memorize all the answers. But that was like one of the only games I could actually beat. Was that I guess it could be. A game, I was
1: going to mention that game. Which isn't
0: even really actually a game. You (laughs) were... You actually had anticipation?
1: I, I mean, I didn't have any. Well, I was anticipating saying something about it. I didn't really have much information.
0: Yeah, I didn't even I didn't really look it up. I just thought about mentioning it just because it was a game I played a lot to the point of where I could answer the questions before it even drew anything. But it just reminded me of that cuz I would play through the whole thing because it was like one of the only things I could beat, you know. So, but yeah, Dinowars I think by the time
1: me. I I think by the time I got this game I had beat you, but if I remember correctly, I think I was playing through DuckTales. And DuckTales oh, sure. A while to beat. I mean, I did eventually beat it. I think that this game was, like you said, a welcome addition. Something that I could I don't really know if I was building my reflexes by playing it or anything like that, but uh, I mean, it was fun to like play through it and since it was so easy like trying to just get Certain power ups, and, you know, create self-imposed challenges. I guess. But I don't even think I did that. Yeah, it was yeah. just a game I'd pop in to know that I could beat some.
0: And it's like just kind of like like a comfort game, you know? Because like I could play this, and it's not as stressing as the others, right?
1: Exactly. There's like not much stress, but the last two human levels, when you're Professor Proteus, there's some platforming stuff that can be a little frustrating.
0: Oh, sure. Well, they gotta have some sort of difficulty in there in the end, right?
1: That's where it is. the the uh, The bosses themselves are never very difficult and I'm t- I'm talking about both types so you fight like a, a, a really strong version of a dynos- dinosaur you may have already fought as a boss at the end of each level and they recycle them a lot like I think you fight two pterodactyls, two like tyrannosauruses and two brontosauruses and it's kind of hilarious because the second brontosaurus you know he's all huge and he's a brontosaurus but he can jump like four times his body height <laughs> across the screen <laughs> wow. and he's like firing bullets at you the whole time so he- he's a little difficult but Still with the, with the shield, I beat him like my second try. But uh, you have the same exact boss at the end of every human level, and there's always a spot you can stand where he can't hit you, and you can hit him. So well, that, that's it's really good to easy have. to find. It's really easy to find that secret. I wouldn't even call it a secret spot. It's really easy to find that spot just by watching the path of the projectiles, and then sometimes you have to duck, sometimes you don't. There's one version where you have to like just jump and clear like a little space your bullet gets past. So that's the only one that presents any kind of challenge because his bullet could hit you when you jump up to be able to hit him. It's really easy to time it to where you just jump up, his bullet's not going, so maybe you'd have to play the game to understand but it, it's still like a very low level of challenge sure that's why this game is a good game to have someone play if they want to beat an old nintendo game and they have never done that
0: yeah i played i played about like four levels of it and i think i was expecting a, a some sort of a difficulty spike but it didn't actually happen there but is but it, but i didn't play it all the way through i was like oh, i should it's like oh that's cool maybe i'll come back to it and play it some more before it starts getting really really hard. But now I know I could have just sat and played it. Maybe maybe I'll yep. do that. Is that uh is there anything else you want to say about dinosaurs? We're gonna kinda do these in short bursts just because 'cause they're like little little ones that we couldn't fill a whole episode with.
1: Um about the only other thing I had to say was uh, it it received mostly negative reviews upon release. Nintendo Power gave it a 6.5 out of 10. If that's notable, oh wow! Uh, but actually, one thing about it that got praised in a lot of reviews was the soundtrack. Oh, so wow. I guess that's why they had four composers. Like at least they like did something right,
0: right? When did uh, when did it come out again? What year was it? April of 1990. Oh, I was 90. Okay, because I was like, I, I when did I was trying to figure out when did Nintendo Power actually start giving numbers for things because they used to just say like they used to just give like a good and a bad. Of it, I remember reading that where there was an actual number, it's like positive this, negative this, you know. And if it, and, sure. and I remember reading through it, like if it, if both the positive and the negative both sounded like a negative, it's probably not good. And if both the positive and the negative sound like positives, that that's how I would normally gauge it when I would read through it as a kid. Because I, because I remember they've they've been they've always been kind of uh blamed for not really you know not really fully rating the games and basically saying that most things are good and being kind of overly positive. And I, f- I always figured that was why was because they didn't actually give a number. It was just kind of like, here's a good side, here's a bad side, you know. Basically, at the beginning there, but I know like later. I think later, more than sixty-four time, they had numbers, but they might have had it for some NES ones too. But I thought that maybe, that was... maybe
1: I should have dug a little deeper because I got that off the Wikipedia page. Oh, sure, it's I possible just... that it was all, oh, I guess. But uh, yeah, I didn't really read a lot of Nintendo Power until I was. It's was probably the mid '90s, probably ever. Or... Check that magazine out. So I don't. I, I thought I remember there being scores there, might,
0: there, scores. there might have been for the NES, like when that one was, because I remember the Super Nintendo ones specifically not having numbered scores because i remember like the chrono trigger one was just like it's like positive like best rpg ever and it's like negative will make all the other rpgs seem awful like it was something like that It said like it'll spoil you for other for other rpgs was like they're negative which i thought was funny which isn't even a negative oh,
1: that's when like you're in like one of those conferences where you have to reveal something about yourself well the negative thing about me is that sometimes i'm just too persistent in trying to get what i need to do to achieve yeah yeah you know like that's actually a good quality, but you're trying to paint it as something terrible about yourself.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's kind of like how they sounded. But it was Corona trigger. I mean, what what else was would you say? But um, yeah. Is that, uh, are we good on Dino Wars then?
1: That's everything I have about Dino Wars. It came out in 1990 and <laughs> it's easy, and I think it was kind of a throwaway game when it all comes down to it. It seems playing through it, it does feel like it was hastily made. There's no difficulty spike, as you mentioned, for the most part, other than in the platforming. You know, it, it just starts to get hard and then it's done. And it's very suddenly done. It's just like you, you hop on the same platform you hop onto for every level to move to the next level, and then it just says, Congratulations, you beat the game! Nice. You know, there's no like final boss or anything epic that happens at the end of it. It just they just stopped making the levels, so that was the end of the game. (laughs)
0: They're like, all right, we got enough. Here's the end. Have you? Were there any like? Did you find any sort of like retrospective reviews or whatever where it's like, "Dino Wars"? Now, you know what we what we rate it now. Anything like that? Like any people looking back on it? I don't think so.
1: This game does have some like speed runs and stuff that you can find on youtube but as far as i can tell it's not a game that people revisit that often
0: that's worth it for for if you're looking for a relaxing time though it is
1: and you can find it on ebay for less than ten dollars still it's not a rare game at all nice so you can play dino wars if you'd like
0: i'll have to get i'll have to give it a try at some point
1: you can also borrow my copy if you don't sure
0: So I was having a hard time trying to figure out, uh, trying to figure out like which, like which games to do, to do for my side, because uh, most, of the, most of the stuff I played as a kid was crap. You know, I played a lot of like licensed bad games, so I was like, what should I do? So I was thinking, I thought, I thought over a couple different things, but um, one that, one that I got like at a fairly early age, but ended up being an actual good game, I, which, which was licensed, was the uh, Batman game, the that came out in 1990 after the Tim Burton movie. Did you ever play that game?
1: Yeah, I had that game, and I never beat it, but I I actually still own it it cartridge.
0: has and speaking of soundtracks it has a killer soundtrack and i and i've already I've, I've used like i've used a couple songs on wart radio i think i've already used them on the honey darling show and on this show so you've probably heard most of the soundtrack already on this podcast but i uh, but i totally i, I like the jams on that on that game a lot and uh, i guess i did I, I was able to do some research apparently the um the guy who who made blaster master also worked on batman before blaster master which i thought was pretty cool he was, uh, Yoshi- uh, Yoshiaka Iwata was, uh, ended up doing about blaster Master, but he did Batman for that, which I didn't know. There are also like a, a ton of like a comic villains that were in there that I didn't even, that I didn't even know were in there. I thought they were all just like henchmen, but like heat wave and like killer moth and dead shot and like KGB, beast, like all these main DC characters were actually characters like in the game, like Firebug was in there too. And like electric electrocutioner. And apparently, the game was uh, the game was developed like originally as just a Batman game, and they kind of just stuck a couple cutscenes in there that had to do with the movie, and just put an end level that was the cathedral and stuck the Joker on there. There's actually. I forget which version it's for, but there is a version that doesn't have the Joker in it where it just ends with the firebug that came out before Before it was going to be associated with the movie. I always thought that was kind of weird, like, playing it through as a kid because they had these little cutscenes in between that showed parts from the movie, but they had absolutely nothing to do with the game. And now it makes sense as to why they did that. It's like you play through a mm-hmm. level, and, and then it'll show the Joker being like, saying, like, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? And then it just goes to the next level. It's like, okay. What did you say?
1: Oh, so, yeah. I'm following what you say. So they were just using the the film to try to sell more copies.
0: Yeah, I guess they were. I guess they were originally working out working on it as a Batman game. Like maybe they didn't know anything from the movie at the time or I yeah I'm not sure how it actually came together like to end it that it ended up being a movie game but uh, I think they just tacked some of that stuff on in the end to try to incorporate it with the cuz it was it was a Japanese made game of Batman so maybe they didn't know about the movie I don't know this was like the 80s so it wasn't the same like with the internet and like being able to send out like scripts or being like I oh, make it like this you know but apparently it was much the actual game was much more was much more based on the comic book cuz it had a lot of comic book characters in it and then they just kind of like stuck a couple things in there to make it look like the movie which makes sense now but it's still a lot of fun to play i think it's i think the controls pretty good on it i mean it's a really it's a really tough game like even like at one point i remember when uh I, th- I think it was when like when like dark knight came out i had this uh in my apartment i was doing what i called batmania and i was just gonna play and watch all the batman stuff that i had and i was determined to beat the batman game on nes and i still have the copy that i had had as a kid and I I remember uh, using some sort of game genie code with it to to where I was like invincible and like had in, had un, had unlimited lives and all that and I still couldn't beat it because the the very last level has like kind of what you were talking about with Dino Wars, where like if you fall off a certain thing you have to start back at the beginning like similar where if you die you start back way too far so it becomes incredibly incredibly frustrating and even with like unlimited lives and unlimited health I couldn't do it just because of how hard the uh, platforming was at the very end, which sucks. So I was never actually able to get through that game, even though I tried very hard.
1: Maybe you need to uh, boot it up on an emulator with save states.
0: Yeah, maybe. Well, I I tried playing it. I played it today, like on the actual NES, and I made it to like the third level, I think. Yeah, like the third level is as far as I made it. Because there's like, in the third level, you're in these sewer levels, and there's these gigantic like monster things jumping at you and if you don't have any of your weapons like they'll completely destroy you so like you have to kind of like you know farm the weapons like and and keep them like through through each cuz cuz the boss before that uses a lot of the weapons too so you're mostly out of them at the beginning it's just it's difficult like if you don't have if you don't have like the batarang or the or the spear gun or anything like that those those guys in the sewer will destroy you
1: i think this is one of the first games that we had i don't think we had a whole lot of games before we got this batman game I've never beaten it. In fact, I don't know how far I've gotten into it. It was one of those games I played where I was just like, fuck this game. Yeah,
0: I think there's yeah. only, I think there's only like, I don't know, I think there's only like five or six like full levels, you know, yeah. cause there's like, cause there's like the first, there's like the first level and then you fight Killer Moth and then there's the second level and you fight that machine and the second level. And then the third level is where I get stuck in the sewers with the big guys. But I think at the end of that it's like electro- Electrocutioner and then like, and then it's the, and then it's Firebug, and then it's uh, Joker. So I think there's only, like, five level sets in the whole thing, where it's basically, like, level, boss, level, boss, level, boss. So it's actually not that long. It's just the levels are really fucking hard. And and at least there's, like, not unlimited continues, so you can, like, play it forever until you beat it. It's just, it's like, how much torture can you take, you know, <laughs> when you, once you especially when you get to the cathedral level?
1: It's tough, but you're, you're correct. The music's really good. And do you, do you, like, stick to walls? I feel like you can stick to
0: Yeah, no, it it was one of the first games that had the, uh, that had where you could jump off the walls. Even though I think that, I think that Ninja Gaiden probably came out before this. I think they had probably done the wall jumping before that. But it's considered to be like one of the earlier ones where you can do the wall, the wall kicks. But yeah, that that was the first game that I ever played where you could do that. Where you could jump from one wall to another. And in Ninja Gaiden, you can uh, can stick to it.
1: Yeah, I think that's the reason I came back to the game. You know, I'd still boot it up and play it. Yeah,
0: there's some really cool. There's some cool little uh, uh, shortcuts that you can do with the with the wall jumping. And it's and their their jumps feel like very like pressure sensitive, even though it's not like analog buttons. It kind of feels like it for different parts where you have to jump shorter ways, and it's it's difficult. There's a lot. There's a lot of different stuff that you have to do in it. But yeah, it, it plays really well. Like I think the controls great. Like the soundtrack's good. It's just it's hard as shit, but it's cool. I, I like the how many you know how many characters are in there. Like there were these guys with like uh flamethrowers which i never really thought that that, that was heatwave but apparently that's heatwave who's who's now a char- who's now like a, a character on cw he's on uh legends of tomorrow like he's an actual character from that same with like dead shot you know dead shots played by will smith now in the uh in the upcoming movie of the uh, suicide squad so those characters from those from that game are, are coming through now but uh yeah it's was, it was a cool game it's one of those that, like i kind of just lucked into getting a good one and the one and i didn't I didn't like do research on it, but the one, the sequel to that, Batman: Return of the Joker, I liked a lot as well. That was kind of more like a more like a contra type game, but I remember being like blown away by the graphics on that because I felt like it looked like a Super Nintendo game on a and on the NES before the Super Nintendo was out.
1: Were you disappointed there was no Dance?
0: <laughs> I don't think I knew what the Bat Dance was when it came out, so no. Oh huh. well, I mean that was I mean I didn't I didn't find out about like the uh, the '60s Batman stuff until like after after the movie because i really started playing it on tv but i but that was way after i had gotten that game so i wasn't really looking for the bat dance
1: i will say this game looks really nice for being from the late 80s you know
0: i think it's aged well and i think it's still you know it's i think it's still like probably like that's what like i'd give it like an 80 percent out of 100 i guess as a score still I think. I think it's like an 8 out of 10 still for what it is.
1: This is a lot harder than Dino Wars.
0: (laughs) It is a lot harder than Dino Wars on the Mm -hmm. level of difficulty. hard is deja vu deja vu
1: if you deja vu is a different kind of game so if you consult a walkthrough it's really easy
0: is it like uh, is it like shadowgate where you can like beat it in like 20 20 minutes if you know where everything is and if you're you correct, it'll there take like video two videos. years.
1: Yeah. There are videos online of people beating it less than 10 minutes. They, I was, I was, they, they use some exploits or some like glitches. Is a uh, is Deja,
0: to work. Was Deja Vu, was it made by the same company as Shadowgate? Because I, I played through some of it today and it reminded me a lot of Shadowgate.
1: Well, are we talking about Deja Vu now? Yeah,
0: I, I think I talked about Batman for enough. That was, my, that was right. my segue to Deja Vu.
1: <laughs> All right, let's talk about Deja Vu a little bit. All right, so you are correct, sir. Deja Vu, the uh, edition you know on NES, was made by Kimco, who also made Shadowgate game. But interesting to me, and I didn't know it until I dug down You know, this episode. Uh, this game originally came out, Deja Vu originally came out in 1985 on the Mac it was originally oh, sure. a Mac. It was made by a company, Mindscape, who also made Mortal Kombat Sha- Shadowgate.
0: Oh, they did. Yeah, uh, Mindscape also did one of the Mortal Kombat one of the one of the Mortal Kombat ports for Super Nintendo.
1: Oh, cool. Well, yeah, but they also made Shadowgate. So back all the way to the source in the mid '80s. Oh, sure. Yeah,
0: they, they
1: were made by the same on the same engine.
0: Yeah, it. it well, I mean, from the way it looks, it, it feels like it's a mouse a mouse based game. You know, because it has a lot of pointing and clicking and all that. And just for me playing it a little bit, I felt like it—you know—was it it had to have been developed for a computer, and it felt like a computer game.
1: It was the—it uh, was called the Mac MacVenture series, and uh, when it came out in '85, Deja Vu was the first one to be released, and then subsequently uh, there were two other games released: Uninvited and Shadowgate. So they all ran on the same engine, the Mac Venture engine, and that was sort of like the Mac point-and-click interface for those games that established that that would be used for several adaptations after. The original version of Deja Vu was monochrome, and it didn't really have music. It just had like you know random sound samples, but it looked it pretty much looked the same. I haven't played it. The version that was released on NES in 1990 was far superior. It had music, it had full color, it had the I don't know if the instant save feature was in the original version, but I mean, you can save at any point in this game that's nice
0: yes yeah i noticed that that's that was a really that's a really cool thing like for back then oh uh so mindscape.
1: before you make a choice you can save right before if you
0: fuck up you can reload your save. what i was thinking about um it was actually not mortal Kombat, but uh, another game that i thought about doing but didn't actually do was uh, captain america and the avengers it was an nes game that i used to play a lot not really that good but i had fun with it it was actually made by mindscape too so if i would have done that we could have had a connection between the two games but i didn't another- Fiction. Did you uh, did you get did you get deja vu like when you were younger also, like when did you yeah. play that first
1: so yeah that's this is why uh, this goes back to the anticipation thing so we got a lot of games you know once we had the NES my my parents both played it too so we bought a lot of games especially bought used games because they were cheap and you know we were at the right point in time where people were like moving on to the Super Nintendo so they were selling off all their Nintendo games so. My parents played. I remember my mom loved Deja Vu. That was her. She played it all the time. I didn't play it back in the day. I just watched her play. And the same with, uh, like, you know, Tetris was one of the games that I'd always see the adults playing. Pipe Dreams? Did you ever play Pipe
0: Dreams? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I played it when I was a kid. I, I, I don't really remember. Much of what it's it was, but I remember game. the name.
1: Yeah, it's another one of those puzzle games, like where as a kid you're not going to get much excitement out of it, but once you start to like apply critical thinking, it's, it's a fun, challenging game. But yeah, and then the other game I remember them playing is Anticipation. They'd always play like multiplayer Anticipation, and we'd watch them play that. So that's why I was going to mention that earlier. These were like the de- games, and Deja Vu was one of them.
0: I was going to say, did you did you memorize all of the answers like I did and be able to answer it before I Drew anything? I didn't play so it. So, so you could defeat your parents. Oh, you didn't? Just your parents did?
1: Yeah. They'd play with... Uh my cousins so like it'd be like yeah four adults playing and like us sitting around watching them play oh yeah the other game they played was uh magic darts which is like a dart
0: i think i i think i've heard that name
1: that's another obscure nes game from my past
0: yeah a really
1: simple dart game but there's actually
0: little like codes and cheats in it i can only imagine how darts would be on nes I mean, I never really it's played any. Yeah, I was gonna say I never actually really played any dart games that I thought were cool until until like Wireware Smooth Moves. You know, I thought that had cool darts on it. Like or like you know like when the Wii came around, I was like, then oh, then you could play virtual dart games. But I never really thought of anything any of it working before that. But Magic Darts, I guess I'll have to try it out.
1: But I think if I remember correctly, we bought Deja Vu at KB Toys, which no longer exists.
0: Yeah, KB Toys in the mall. But yeah, uh,
1: they were having like this crazy sale on. Nintendo games and I'm pretty sure my parents paid like thirty bucks for this game. Oh nice.
0: I but I remember this being... game my
1: mom really wanted. I think they bought that and I think they bought MC Kids, which is another
0: obscure game. I remember MC Kids. That's like yeah. that's like an awful McDonald's game, right? It's actually
1: kind of a fun platformer, but yeah, it is the ip kind
0: of stuff yeah i I remember talk of it not being that good but i haven't played it in a while so i don't know
1: it's actually pretty fun from what i remember but maybe i'm skewed in my memory
0: maybe i don't know
1: but so like so deja vu uh, first came out in 1985, like I said before, and then it just got ported over and over again. So it came out on DOS in 1987, so you know, IBM compatibles, I think they called them back then. Um, and then 1988 it was released on the Famicom. So it came out in Japan first like every other game at that time. And then it finally came to the NES in 90 and then uh, Europe got it in 92. So yeah, there's a little more history. You know, this game was released over and over again. They even released a Game Boy Color version that I I didn't know this in 1999. I didn't know that. It contains a deja vu. And the subtitle, which is not always included, a nightmare come true or a nightmare <laughs> come true, uh, with its sequel, Deja Vu 2 lost in Las Vegas, which I have not played, but I think I might want to buy this game. It's got both versions on it and it's portable.
0: That must have been around the same time as when the Shadowgate Game Boy Color game came out, right? Cause I remember it's buying exactly. that new, like I, I bought that new and I, and my friend Aaron, who I went to college with, he, t- I was, he told me he's like, Oh yeah, Shadowgate, like he had that when he was a kid. And he said it took him two years to beat it like you know back in the day when there's no internet or anything it took him two years to figure out all the stuff in the game and actually get through it and same sort of thing now that he knew everything he played my game boy color version of it and beat it in 20 minutes but that's just you know those those sorts of sorts of game only really you know could only really work that well in a time when there was no internet and all that
1: yep and it's all it's a lot of uh, trial and error but those i mean it's save states before save states you know you save right before you do something, and then you yeah. go back to your file. But uh, I don't know. There's actually a story to this game, and it's pretty cool. Like It's actually a cool story. Do we want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Oh, one more thing before you get into the story. I just wanted to mention that in Deja Vu and Shadowgate, you can kill yourself, which I thought was pretty cool. You can use the gun on yourself, and you can use the sword on yourself in both games, and it'll automatically game over after that. I don't know if you did that on either of those, but I always thought that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. When I, when you, I...
1: you use items on yourself is critical to this
0: game yeah because you could do you could do the same thing in sh- like in shadowgate i remember i actually laughed because i thought it was hilarious where it's like use i was like use sword on yourself and it's like you put sword through your heart and then it shows like the, the death's head and i remember laughing and being like that's hilarious that i just made myself kill myself and then when i played deja vu today i was like gun self and it's like and you shoot yourself and i'm like awesome that's cool it works it works for both of them so little side note there you could kill yourself on there which is which is pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff in
1: this game like, and I haven't played much of Shadowgate, but there's a lot of stuff in this game that probably wouldn't fly today. And I can get into that a little bit. Um, I mean it's you know, it's a thirty two year old game or thirty one year old game essentially. So it takes place in Chicago. Oh it does? Yeah, in the forties. It is immediately after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. So it takes place in 1941. Uh, The way you find that out is like, you walk by a newsstand at one point and you can look at a newspaper. You have to pay like, quarter for it and then it just the headline is japan attacks pearl harbor so you know that's like that's what's happening while everything else is going on gives context to, but uh it's a very like you know hard-boiled private eye detective kind of story you wake up in the stall of a bathroom and you don't know who you are you have blood all over your hands and you're just completely confused about what's going on you've got a really bad headache it says you have a headache that's that feels like you just had a crazy weekend in vegas so you know it makes reference to sequel
0: yeah, so that's deja vu too. Is what happened in Vegas, right?
1: <laughs> right. Apparently, it stayed there because I haven't seen that sequel yet. But uh, from that point on, you know, the, the game is just you walk around and you like try to surmise what the fuck's up. Who am I? Why? You know, why do I have this awesome detective trench coat and this gun? Uh, I don't know if I'm a detective, but you know, I've got all this detective gear. It would. It and, would.
0: That would make sense if you were
1: yeah and then you have to start being a detective right away so you're just using your skills you don't know you have but basically from the get-go you're just clicking on different things and figuring out what they mean and collecting items you know it's all it would work a lot better with a mouse you're just selecting options and uh, examining items and surmising information and then you get addresses addresses are like the most important thing you can get because then you ride in the taxi cabs to different spots and collect more evidence there oh, essentially yeah. the story spoiler alert essentially the story is that you are a private eye no way named ace.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you are
1: your name is ace harding someone's trying to frame you for kidnapping someone and you're not down with it you're like no i don't want to be part of this kidnapping this is a terrible idea so they give you a drug to take away your memory and then they kill someone who happens to be your bookie that you owe money to and uh, They put the murder weapon in, like, your hands. So you have that gun that was the murder weapon, you know, like, in your possession from the beginning. Um, You don't know it, but that's what you have. So this game's pretty gritty. Like, you find a dead body pretty early on. You have to, like, search the pockets of the dead body to get crucial evidence. While you're out wandering the streets, people will try to mug you, and you have to fight back or give them money. It depends on the situation, you know, it's context sensitive.
0: How does the, uh, how does the fighting work in the game? Like, I'm sure it's, it's not like, do you have to like click on something quick enough or is it just like, like how, how does that work with the interface?
1: There's no time, nothing's time-based. You just have to make the right decision. So you'll have the guy with his gun pointing at you and you select hit and then you point at him and then you punch it.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, so it's not, it's not really like a real time fighting, but it's kind of like, yeah it's just like you're hit yeah i understand
1: in the meantime you just have to try not to get arrested because you're being framed for a murder so you have to like keep your nose clean so to speak like if you ride in a cab you have to make sure you can pay them the only way to pay them is to like find the secret speakeasy that's inside of the bar that you start out and uh, play the slot machine until you have enough coins to where you won't run out no matter what if you only have one coin left you'll always win the slot machine so Oh, nice! At least it's forgiving that way.
0: If only life worked like that. (laughs) When it's like my last one, and you actually win from it.
1: But let me get let me get into the things that may be uncomfortable about this. So it's you know it's a point and click adventure. You just have to do things in a set sequence. There's a certain point where you have to give drugs to yourself, so that makes sense with the uh, the self thing you were mentioning before. Yeah, you can kill yourself, but you can also use drugs on yourself. There's like seven or eight different drugs you have to know the right one to use at the right time
0: can you yeah. overdose if yeah, you okay. use the right you can kill yourself yeah
1: and if you well I, no you can't overdose on the right drug sorry but, but you, you can take the wrong one and die
0: okay i, I thought maybe if there's a certain combination if the combination's wrong you could that could be fatal too
1: no but you have to do it at the right time or if you walk into a certain point of the game you'll just die because you haven't regained your memory yet and it like overwhelms you and you die oh wow so you have to figure out a way to get your memory back but uh, one thing that yeah so there's part of it is like it's a kidnapping so it's a framing for kidnapping and at one point you find an unconscious woman in a trunk of a car she's got a gag on and she's her feet and her hands are bound and it describes her as a 400 pound woman she's just a huge woman so it's not very tactful at all about that Just like she's the biggest woman i've ever seen she's huge yeah. And uh, <laughs> me being, you know, just want to try things out. I selected hit and punched her. <laughs> and It says exactly kind of what you would expect it to say, like the fat ripples, but she doesn't feel the punch, you know, <laughs> describes like waves of fat when you punch her.
0: And she doesn't. She doesn't kill you afterwards. <laughs> no,
1: she just doesn't even notice. Oh well. But you end up having to give. Spoiler alert. You end up having to give her uh, a different drug that you take yourself, which is the uh, the truth drug, sodium Panethol. So all basically, you have to drug her, and she gives you the, an address to go to, and that's the only way you can get the address is by drugging this unconscious woman in a trunk. The nice thing is that you take her gag off first. You can't put the pill in her mouth. There's a gag.
0: Off. I guess that's the nice thing.
1: <laughs> and, and then the second thing is yeah and then you just leave her in the trunk and go off well, go by business but uh the other time is like you find out through the evidence that there's a woman that went to prison for a previous kidnapping charge that you and it's a case that you solve, and uh you encounter you encounter her and you have to punch her
0: <laughs> oh
1: see <laughs> so you basically it's like she's like i have something in my purse to show you and she's reaching for a gun to kill you and you have to punch her so you just like have to knock her unconscious and that's and sure. kind of, i don't know if that would fly nowadays like in this kind of a narrative you know maybe in a game where everybody's like decked out in armor and they all have guns you know you can punch a woman but well, when it's got... a when it's a lady just like hanging out on the street she's like hey
0: how's it going uh,
1: i just wanted to talk to you about something here i got something to show you in my purse the, the only punch? way to get past yeah. that is to punch her <laughs>
0: oh it was the 40s it was a different time then.
1: one of these days but uh she blocks your path to the police station so that's another funny thing because to at the very end of the game, once you have all you have all of your evidence to prove you're innocent, and then you destroy all of the evidence that could make you look guilty. So, you know, that's kind of shady too. Like that that gun I mentioned earlier that was the murder weapon, you have to dispose of it. Oh. Yeah. If you don't dispose of it, then you lose the game. Sure. Because that's the that's the gun that was used to kill the dead body. Um, yeah, and it would, but anyway, it would
0: come back to you if you didn't get rid of it. Yeah,
1: but uh, right before you go to the police station and turn yourself in and then present the evidence and exonerate yourself, that's when you punch that woman out, <laughs> and she's just laying on the street right outside the police station.
0: Well, I guess it would just it would just get like a higher rating, right? Because. Uh... <laughs> you should, uh, well, whenever, whenever you look into that Game Boy Advance or the Game Boy Color release of it or whatever, look if it has a rating on it. Cause I think in the, I think in the late nineties they were putting ratings on stuff, right? I think Shadowgate probably got a teen rating or whatever. I wonder what yeah, the rating that. is for that. should look at it because you know, it, it would have the little details of whatever it is. So that one would say like what, like domestic abuse or, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it wouldn't really be domestic, but female hating or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Female punching involved. Teen, teen Teen rating. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, I don't know. I'd be I would be curious because, like you know, going way back, several episodes when I was talking about it, like when they got rid of the scene where Seelis gets beat in Final yeah. Fantasy, yeah, Final Fantasy Six. Uh, I wonder if they got rid of that in the re-release. I'd like to see that. that's something interesting that I might want to check out. I don't know how it would work because there's only three people you encounter that want to kill you, and she's one of them. <laughs> you know, yeah. out of three in the whole game, so sure they would have had to replace her. Maybe they'll replace her with the male characters. One thing I wanted to uh, ask you about, because you live in Chicago, do these addresses make much sense to you? Is there a Kedzie Street in Chicago?
0: There is a Kedzie Street, yeah. It's actually not very far from me.
1: How about Peoria? Uh, I'm
0: sure. Yeah, there's there's a Peoria Street somewhere.
1: There's probably a lot of these streets in Chicago. It was smaller then, but yeah. So the addresses you go to visit in the game, it's like Peoria Street's where the bar is on that. You're initially found. You travel to Kedzie, I think is where your office is. And then Sherman and West West End, I think is where uh, there's like a condo you go to. And then Ashburn Road is where you, or no, Auburn Road is where like you go to like a mansion. But uh, in one of the notes that you read, the kidnappers are demanding ransom. And they say they'll meet at the corner of Peoria and Elm. That's where the kidnappers were going to meet to like collect the ransom. So I don't know if that actually existed in Chicago. There's a Peoria and Elm.
0: I don't know. I uh, I just did a I just did a quick search of uh, déjà vu on Game Boy Color. Uh, IGN gave it a four out of ten uh, for a review, yeah. so uh, they it, they called it bad for whatever reason. The Game Boy version is so, it not stand tested? I, I don't know. I felt like the I, I thought they gave Shadowgate a decent review, but I don't remember. I mean, maybe there was some sort of play control problems with it. I don't know.
1: Well, it's possible it was a bad conversion, cause I know. Yeah, that's, like, that's I, what I mean. I was looking up uh, Crystalis was another obscure game I wanted to play, and I knew they made a Game Boy Color version of it, so I was researching that. Basically, the some of the reviews I read said that the sound was really, really bad. It wasn't true to the original. Sure. So maybe it, maybe there's some kind of like gripe along those lines with the conversion, or maybe it just doesn't stand the, t- the test of time the uh, interface is made for a mouse so sure. with a d-pad it's just kind of like uh, i have to move all the way over here then i have to move all the way over here
0: the uh i found uh, there's there's a chicago and peoria street i didn't see it i didn't see a peoria now but you know they made the, i don't know if the people who made it actually been to chicago and it doesn't really matter whether it's, that's actually a street or not you don't actually have to go there but
1: no it doesn't matter i was just curious because you live in chicago this game takes place. But uh, I did beat this game. I, I beat this game for the first time in my life. Today,
0: did you uh, did you do it with help or did you figure it out? On I your
1: did. Own? I did. I'd always gotten to the point where I didn't know what to do, and that's when I found out you had to give the drug to the lady in the trunk. I never would have thought to do that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's those type of games like are always we're always kind. It was always kind of hard for me to play because, like I said, I got the Shadowgate for Game Boy Color, and I got it at the time where internet was was you know well you could it wasn't on phones, but it was pretty easy to use like on a computer. And I just kind of went online and found everything and played through it. And I was like, well, that wasn't really that fun. I kinda wish I you know didn't have the temptation to get on the internet and I would have had to just actually just, you know, think about it. Well then it would have taken like multiple years to beat or whatever. But I kinda wish I would have played through it in that way.
1: Yeah, this game this game if it was all trial and error would take a really long time to beat because not only do you have to like that's how you get the last address where you get the final piece of evidence you need to exonerate yourself so in order to get the address you have to give the drug to the lady in the trunk then on top of that you have to dispose of all the evidence that was being used in framing so you have to make sure to grab all that when you're in the different locations and uh, then dispose of it. so without like the internet helping me it would have taken forever to know oh i sh- shit i need to like get rid of all this stuff sure it can't be in my possession when i go to the police to you know try to end the game so yeah you have to dispose of a lot of things and you have to know how to react to certain events you know the different muggers that approach you i think one of them like i've only ran into one of the muggers once and he ended up defeating me but i think you have to like give him like some weird random item that just happens to like make him run away i don't even think it's money and, uh, i haven't researched that much because i only, cause you don't run into all the muggers necessarily If you play through it perfectly, but different events and different sequences of things bring out certain things that happen, you just have to know how to react. And if you don't react correctly, either you lose important items or you just die after restart.
0: Sure. But you can, uh, I mean, if you saved it, you can start from wherever that is, right? Like with the quick. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But I think that the game, you know what? I don't know. So it's possible it may not allow you to dispose of evidence that you need. I guess I haven't tried to just throw everything away and see if it made me keep certain things. What you do is you go down into like the deepest darkest depths of the sewer and you throw it into the sewer water. That's how you dispose of evidence. And the, it's the, very the shady. Sewer,
0: the sewer will take it away to somewhere where nobody will find it. I guess if it's gross enough it'll like disintegrate in there. Yeah, it's there's toxic Gator enough.
1: There's a gator in the sewer in Chicago in 1940.
0: Well, according to comic books there's gators in the sewer in new york also you do run
1: into a gator at one if you play it
0: you've never heard of alligators and sewers here but you know i was not alive in the 40s so who knows it was a different time man i bet did you did you ever play uh the shadow Kate sequel on nintendo 64 no well they made one it was okay i remember i remember playing a little bit of it but they was made it, it like a, a what was it
1: still a point and click game
0: i mean it was still like a puzzle based thing but i don't think it was point and click I don't know, it's been a while, but, but it was like three D so, and you know, it was similar similar thing where you have to like find your way out of a castle or like into you know, where you have to find secret doors and that type of thing.
1: Well I could actually see the uh, control stick being useful for a point and click game. It would work a lot better than a D pad.
0: But I don't think there was an actual I don't think there was like a mouse there wasn't a mouse thing on the screen. I remember that. I think you just kind of. I think. I think it had like. I think it just basically had like a cursor, and it was like first person, and you kind of point at things like that, you know, because it was actually a fully three D thing. I don't know. I'd, I'd play. I'd play that again if I could find it. Like either one, Shadowgate one or two on sixty four. I've got my eyes
1: on a uh, Nintendo sixty four. I might buy. So we'll see. Maybe if I do I'll try to get hold of this game, if it's not expensive.
0: Yeah, I'll have to look into see it, to seeing how much it is. Because I did just
1: buy Shadowgate on the Game Boy Color when I bought the. Dragon Quest game I also bought Shadowgate and I've been playing a little bit of it. It's hard.
0: Yeah, it's just as hard as Deja Vu, I'm sure. It's hard. Yeah, I
1: think. It's less like intuitive because Deja Vu takes place in the real world, so you know, you're like, Oh, well I gotta open this safe that I see Yeah and get inside of that folder. Whereas in Shadowgate it's like I have to light this torch that makes this rune or not a rune. It makes the skull open its mouth or I can't even remember how I made the skull yeah. open its mouth
0: but or you, or you gotta like, or you gotta like pull a, you gotta pull like a torch down that'll open a door or whatever. Or there's sometimes there's doors that you can't see. I remember that there's like a door like in the middle of a hallway that I couldn't see the door, but there's actually a door there. Like stuff like that where it's like you wouldn't really figure it out. Or there is actually uh,
1: there is one secret passageway in deja vu where you have to push a wine bottle in a wine rack. So there's like several models display and you have to push the one that's the cleanest looking one
0: did you ever play uh did you ever play hotel dusk did you ever play that on ds no it was like a. it's basically kind of like deja vu a little bit it's like a it's like a point and click adventure you hold the you hold the ds like a book it's re, it was really good like it all looked like hand-drawn like all the all the uh, art in it did but that's uh if you could find that cheap somewhere it's totally worth getting i i remember enjoying it enjoying it a lot there was like a but it's like a detective like investigating some sort of murder that happened at this hotel or whatever But uh, it was was cool. It was a cool game. I've
1: heard a lot of good things about that game Uh, other
0: times. Yeah, Conan had it, and I I played his copy of it and really liked it. Is that that all you have to say about Deja Vu? We can move on to our last game.
1: Yeah, that's it for Deja Vu.
0: least or maybe least i don't know <laughs> a game i used to play as a kid was a game called immortal which was actually a port of wizard of the immortal which was uh which was an apple game as well which was ported to nes made by a famous dude named uh, will harvey who i guess went on to uh to make a company called there incorporated who ended up who be- became a big part of uh basically uh, M- doing uh, mmos his his company did so he uh he ended up going on to do a lot of shit apparently he made a game uh he made a game for apple like when he was very fairly young, he was like a S- Silicon Valley genius, whatever. Um, he he made a game called the uh, Music the the uh, Music Construction Set, which was like the first the first uh, type of uh, like a computer game where you can make music like on a computer, like for like old old Apple II stuff, which I thought was pretty wow. interesting. I didn't I didn't realize that he had done all this shit. He actually works on a he has an instant message company that he does right now, where you can see like a three D. Oh, you you have like a 3D avatar of yourself or whatever that you can talk to people. So it was that was that, that was kind of cool. Sounds like he's moved
1: on to more of the social side of computing. Yeah, he's
0: only he only made he only made like so many games or like or like the only the ones his his ones that he was known for is only like four or five games. He like he made a game called like Zany Golf, which which I think I'd heard of but I didn't actually play. And I guess he did the port of marble of Marble Madness too for uh, for NES. Like he ported that game. To the that's NES. Kind of a big deal. Way back when, so yeah, he yeah. done he had done some shit, and I, I kind of a
1: lot of favorable mentions, like sure. being an inspiration for Funky Ball. Yeah,
0: he ported he ported the arcade game to NES, and he actually stuck a he stuck a I guess he was notorious for having uh, secrets in games, and he stuck a secret level in there that apparently the guy who made the game didn't even know about. <laughs> You know, until after the fact. He just kind of stuck it in there while he was boarding it. Which I thought was pretty cool. Apparently there's a secret part in Immortal where you can meet all the character, Where you can ma- meet the people who made the game also. There's like a hallway. Like if you walk down it a certain way for like 10 minutes. You'll end up running into like animated versions of the guys who created the game. And that sounds like Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Well and like well and like the Mission Impossible game on sixty four had an ending like that too. But um but it's but Chrono Trigger's was way better. But uh but yeah, it's like uh I guess I guess one of the people that he worked with on the game, he was like very adamant about having coffee in the morning. So if you go up to his character and don't hand him a pot of coffee, he'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought was funny, but yeah, but yeah, this was like a it's like an RPG of sorts, kind of. It's like an isometric game where you move around as this wizard-looking guy, this old dude with a beard with long hair in a room. He walks over to a candle and sees a vision of his mentor Wardemir. Wardemir tells him that he's trapped somewhere, and he refers to him as Dunrick. The game tells you that your name is not Dunrick, and then. Of course, if you look for him, you find a dead Dunrick in the next room on the ground. And you, you like, it, there's, like, seven different, like, labyrinth-type things. And there's, like, separate fighting screens, I guess, where you, where you fight, like, these gargoyle troll type people. I don't know. I was, I was overly impressed with it as a kid because I just thought it looked really good. And, like, kind of on the same line, along the same lines of Deja Vu, is that it was very, like, it was very mature game. Like, it had a lot of, like, fairly, fairly, uh, graphic deaths for, for the time. Like, there was, there were, like, trap doors where snakes would, like, eat you, or, or, like, your character would burn and there would be, like, a pile of ashes, like, after he burned, or, like, you know, or, or he gets, or he would get, like, impaled by, like, poison daggers and stuff like that that would come out of the wall. So it's just, like, stuff I had never seen before, and I thought the animation was really good on it but it's it looks great but it's incredibly hard like I, I could i could i could i could only get like a little bit into the second level just be, kind of because of the way the control works and just like there's traps everywhere and there's guys constantly attacking you it's real difficult to get through but it's it was cool just for what it was because i like the way it looked and it was like it was an early electronic arts game also it was an ea game believe it or not and uh yeah, I just I realized that it you know had this like major PC guy behind it, and also also port of an Apple game, and it was uh, it was one of those things that I uh, I played it like I rented it and played it, and I ended up buying it from the rental place for like probably like three dollars I think. It still has like the number painted on the side of it. I still have the cartridge. I played it today from what I had from the one I had when I was a kid. But it had like a password system like for each level, so at least you could continue. But. It was like a ten fifteen number thing, so it was kind of hard to remember. But it was an interesting game. How does the gameplay work? Well, it's basically like I said you're an is- you're an isometric dude. You walk around. Basically, A and B both shoot a fireball out of you, like when you're in the regular isometric level. Um, when you when you walk you walk up to people and talk to them. There's these goblin guys that attack you, and then there's a separate attack screen for that, where you know he's where you, where like A dodges and B and B uh, swipes with your sword. So you basically kind of push a direction and hit B to hit him, or you push a direction, hit A, and try to dodge when he hits you. And then you go through that until he's dead, and that's and that's that part. And then you walk around in the isometric part and look out for traps, and you find like different items that you use on different things. Like there's this one part where there's like a beam of light coming through a wall, and you find like an amulet that you put under the light, which will like reflect it to another thing that'll open a door. Like that kind of stuff. Like sort of like a point and click thing, but you can like walk through it and do it. You know?
1: So it's like you're actually navigating your character to the spots.
0: Yeah. But it's not really, yeah, it's not really fully action. It's just mostly just trying to avoid stuff. That all
1: seems to imply some sort of like strategy.
0: Yeah, and then the ba- and then the battle parts are like more action, and it's kind of mostly what I do is I just hold right and hit A until <laughs> until I kill the guy, which works sometimes or doesn't. You know, it's it's kind of the dodge is a little difficult. I mean, the whole game on itself is difficult, but it looked really nice for 1990. It came out in like November of 1990. And is this I, one of
1: those games you could beat with a game genie?
0: Maybe. Yeah, no, I never tried the game genie on this one. I'm surprised I didn't. I don't. Yeah, I I mean, I guess I mean there's passwords. I could find passwords for the later levels, I guess, and I try to get farther. I just I just the farthest I remember getting. Is like into the into maybe like halfway through the second level. I played it today and I made it. I made it to the second level. And there's like there's like uh, I remember that you could find like piles of straw that you could sleep in in the game to get some of your life back, which I thought was interesting. There's like different levels where you can do that, like different rooms. There's another room at the end. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, uh, yeah, it basically goes like room to room and each room you gotta figure out how to get to the next part. So it's like pretty, pretty much Mm -hmm. puzzle based, but it's fun. It's fun for what it is. I just thought I found it more interesting from like what the guy had done, had gone, had done like previous and what he had done after, you know. That the dude was the main guy.
1: So you may see some like archaic foreshadowing of like his future work, MMORPG socials.
0: In, uh, in 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 Immortal, apparently Immortal Maybe. was originally supposed to be a multiplayer game, but when he got when he got through it, it's he decided it would only work single player. I can I, I, I couldn't imagine like what that game would have been as a multiplayer game but I don't know it was just one of those things like I remember finding it and it was just interesting to show to people just because it looked really cool you know I could be like oh check this out like this animation is great or like look at how detailed this guy is it like kind of became like one of type of one of one of those type of games you know where I would always run it to show it to like friends when we had sleepovers or whatever and I ended up buying it later and it's one that kind of stuck with me and I and I'd forgotten about it ex- and, until like a couple days ago when I was trying to think of like games that I played that were interesting and I was like oh that should talk about that fucking weird immortal game and then I G- you know Thankfully, I found it. I still it? had it. Like,
1: is it like a rare game? Do you know?
0: I don't know what price it's going for online. I didn't. I didn't really look. Uh, I didn't really look at eBay. I would think that it was rare because I, you know, I'm. I i do not even remember seeing it in stores. I just found the only time I found it was at that rental place. But I haven't really I mean, researched. But I haven't really researched it. I
1: think you could buy both of the games I discussed. If you bought both of them, you could probably get it for less than twenty bucks.
0: Oh, Dino so these, Wars and Deja Vu.
1: Yeah, neither of them are terribly rare.
0: Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's very rare. I just, I just did a quick search on eBay, and it's, it's there's People are selling them for like ten bucks for for NES for the Immortal Immortal with with manual ten dollars.
1: Yeah, so, that's a good yeah. indicator if it has the manual and it, it's ten bucks.
0: Yeah, so I guess it's not that. Uh, but when I thought when I was a kid, I thought it was limited just because I didn't see it anywhere. But yeah, you. Can Although
1: I, I, I've watched some like videos where people are trying to make complete collections like don't think just because it's cheap that it's not rare because some people just you know some games are just not games people want to buy so if you're trying to like get a hold of them do it now so they became rare yeah eventually that will be something people
0: want sure no like well my friend justin like he uh he was trying to collect all of the nes games and actually have an old interview with him which i was going to probably put up on the on the on the side at one point at some point but uh yeah like some of the stuff that he said was was rare was just it, was, it wasn't even really good games it was just like stuff that was limited release or whatever you know that he was trying to find like uh, I think like one of the track and field games it wasn't like the one with the pad but there was another one that he said that was really rare that he couldn't find and I know like those uh, those uh, Tension cart ones were pretty rare too yeah, which, I, I which, a bit, uh, which I guess those don't uh, on the subject of the of the emulator I guess those Tension carts don't work on those and I guess that's kind of they figured how they figured out that it was a ROM thing or that it was an emulation
1: I need to try that I have a- The Klax, which is a Tingen game.
0: Well, I mean, it'll probably work on the Famiclone, but I mean, like, the Retron 8 won't play it.
1: I should try that. I have to try that game. I have it that's the only uh tension game i have is the klax
0: yeah but yeah that's what i could say i mean i can't really say a whole lot about immortal because i couldn't really get through get very far through it but it's worth watching some stuff online you know if you can find some some playthroughs or whatever it's i don't think it's aged very well i guess you know just because of steep difficulty but it is but it does look like a nice game and it was it was enjoyable back when i was 10 you know for just it was just it was just like a you would never really see a game like that on nes and like i said the the deaths were were fairly graphic for the time, and it's just you know it was different. Like you didn't really see a whole lot of isometric labyrinth adventure RPG ish type games like that at that time. So it kind of blew me away when I was younger.
1: I think that shows some credit uh, to your younger self that you were you were trying to play something more cerebral.
0: Yeah, well, probably because I I wasn't very I wasn't very good at the at the more reflex based games so if i would have if i would have understood the way dragon warrior worked when i was a kid i would have stuck with it later because the thing the thing about those type of games is like you know it may seem really hard at first but if you just keep playing it then eventually you'll beat it you know cuz you'll just level up and get more stronger and then you'll be able to beat the game. If I, I would have understood that, I would have stuck with it longer.
1: Which I guess is one common gripe that goes all the way back to the day. Supposedly, even Miyamoto himself has said he doesn't like RPGs because you just keep playing them and then eventually you win because you get shrunk. Yeah.
0: I've heard I've heard him say that also. That's how he feels. I kind of like that about those games though because you can't really you can't really work yourself into a corner, which I would normally do like 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 with Resident Evil games, like Resident Evil 2, I never beat it because I got stuck on the last boss without enough ammo. Same thing with Resident Evil Revelations on 3DS. I can't fucking beat it because I don't have enough bullets to beat the fucking dude at the end, you know? And it's annoying, and there's nothing I can do about it, and I don't want to start the whole game over again. At least, you know, in the RPGs, it's possible for you to, like, just level up for a while and then come back, and then you can beat the guy, you know. Unless it's-
1: it's deja vu, if you run out of coins, you have one coin left. You'll yeah,
0: win slot machine. Exactly. You can. You can always use it. Win that slot machine. But uh, I think. I think we've covered enough. We're like. We're like at two. Uh, two plus hours here. I mean, it'd probably be a little bit less whenever I edit it. But I think. I think that's probably good for episode twenty six. We give you a short... tell
1: one little story about something else that's kind of related, but kind of unrelated. Sure. All right. So uh, you know, as you know, I recently got my. Famiclone and I was testing out different games I had. I pulled out one of my I had a copy of uh, Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt. You know, I just wanted to play First Mario and it was my copy I had because I have a few copies of that game but this copy has like a manual and it's in a case and everything so you know, it's the one I'm like, I guess I decided somewhere in the past that I was not going to play. Well, I pulled it out to test it out on the uh, on the Famiclone and as I pulled it out, something fell out and clanked to the table. I'm like, what the hell was that? It was my copy of Wind Waker for Game
0: Cube.
1: <laughs> i thought i lost it i haven't seen it in like seven or eight years
0: oh wow you put it guess a,
1: my put... my dumbass self like put the disc inside of the you know that black sleeve that you nes cartridges in yeah you, you can not have games. a case for it yeah i didn't so I popped it in there. But what was even funnier was like that same day when I was like looking through my NES games. I was going through like this cabinet where I've like kind of compiled all of my random video game stuff that I have. You know, I have some like manuals to games I don't have anymore. And I have like, you know, cases, some games that don't have any cases, and vice versa. And uh, I had seen that I had. Well, no, I had seen that I had a, a manual for one week. So I found the manual and the disc the same day. When I was going my NES stuff, oh wow! So I haven't found the case yet. I may have the case packed away somewhere. I was really like I don't know. It just felt like I don't know. It, it was incredible. I was just I was not at all looking for it. And it was just, just there. It fell out on my table. And it was just sitting there. My copy of Wind Waker for the GameCube. Oh nice! So I, I still own that. I still
0: have. It. You should uh you should look through the rest of your NES stuff and see if you could find the uh, Skies of Arcadia disc in one of them. <laughs> the, the, I need the, to- <laughs> I
1: knew you were going to stick that, and I, and I did that exact thing. Unfortunately, there were no other GameCube games.
0: Oh, sure. Cases. I checked no, it one after that. It's all right. I, I mean, may, I thought maybe you could find the Twilight Princess in there, too. Because didn't you say that you weren't sure where the GameCube, where your GameCube copy of Twilight Princess was? Also? I know where it is now. Oh, okay.
1: I have found that one since.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, cool. I mean, at least, at least you found it. I wonder what happened to the case of that. The, what, you know you should you should have ace uh, ace Harding uh, get a get on the case of the lost uh, Wind Waker case. I know he's probably been dead for like 30 years but you know
1: deja vu three <laughs> geriatric search and it's just Ace Harding looking through boxes. That's all he can really handle
0: <laughs> yeah yeah now that he know that he's like been through so much it's just uh, he just looks for video game boxes now He's like 93
1: years old. All right Ace uh, you could be really helpful. Go through these totes that I found in my closet. See if there's a case to one wicker in it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Ace, get looking on that. Okay. <laughs>
1: All right, I need gun three. No, you don't need gun three. <laughs> Just look for the case.
0: Is is any like is? It's, he clicks case, use case on on self, and puts it through his heart, and he dies. God damn it, Ace!
1: That's what I can. Well, at least from he that. found
0: the case. He. <laughs> He busted the cake. But yeah, no, that, I'm glad you found that kit and found that disc. Yeah, but you know, that's uh, yeah,
1: saw a little tragic story that happened because I bought the Famiclone. Like that wouldn't have happened for a little and, while.
0: And now you found Windwicker. So see so see, some stories have have happy endings. I was gonna I was gonna I was hoping our out would be like, you know, just remember kids, when you're playing uh <laughs> when when you're playing those slot machines, that last coin will We'll always get you a winner. I was thinking about going out on that before we got to that story. But that story was good, too.
1: I saved that story. I didn't tell you before because I thought it'd be
0: good. Sure. All right. Well, I think we're good for this week, right? Yeah, I'm good. All right, cool. Well, uh this has been episode 26. We are your hosts. Trey Johnson and Jeremy Mikowski. And uh, we'll see you next week when we get into our uh, Star Tropic stuff. So, you know, play it on Virtual Console so we can, So you know what we're talking about when we get there. Totally. And don't available. try
1: to eat the map.
0: <laughs> and don't try to eat the map, yeah. This is bad.